I'm Michelle. I'm Fabian. We're a couple of kinesiologists talking all things exercise and health. Let's get started. Welcome back, guys, to the Couple of Kinesiologists podcast. This is episode five, How Do You Progress Your Training? So Fabian and I, last episodes, last two episodes, we actually talked about how to start a training program, how to create your own training program. And we thought that this episode would be a great follow-up to those two episodes. So we talked about last time working towards hypertrophy and strength goals. And when starting any program, whether that's the newbie gym goer or people that have been going in and out of the gym but haven't necessarily been training the, I think, number one priority is training hypertrophy, which is just to recap, training muscle size and muscle growth. And in our previous episodes, we've talked about hypertrophy as being an eight to 12 rep range, which I think will come into play a little bit later. What do you think? Yeah. So I think people should really think about it as a pyramid, you know, start from the bottom, think of your training program as this pyramid. You're at the base, that's week one. You're really trying to, you know, start off with lots of volume, which is, we'll treat it, um, I guess, not synonymously with, but results in more hypertrophy, more muscle growth. And as you start getting towards the, or when you start to, you know, go halfway, middle, uh, towards the end of that training program, When you get to the peak of that pyramid, you're not so much doing all that volume anymore. It's very specific and more so heavier lifting at low volumes. That's a good depiction to think about if someone is entering a powerlifting meet. Um, You want to make sure you're very efficient at moving that bar in those three lifts, the squat, deadlift, and bench. So you're going to have to do lots and lots of repetitions before you think that you're going to try to max out on it, you know, safely at least. So, yeah, so like Michelle said, beginning of the training program, first priority here is really work on hypertrophy, making sure you're getting lots of volume, lots of repetitions in, priming the body and the nervous system to get used to these new patterns that you're moving with. Now, I want to give you guys an idea of a, um, a sample. Let's think of a sample workout uh, routine that will later on go into depth and explain different variables on. Yeah, so we're going to be talking about progression variables in this episode. And we thought that the best way to really apply that is by providing a sample workout that we can apply those progression variables to and put it in a context that's understandable for you guys. Yeah, so let's think of your regular, let's say you got three days a week and you chose to do the legs push-pull routine my recommendation. Um, So you're doing legs push pull. Let's just keep it easy. Monday, Wednesday, Friday, legs push pull. Leg day, let's say for that leg day routine, you're going to have a total of six exercises. The first four are going to be big compound movements, meaning they are multi-joint movements. Think of things that include numerous muscles and joints moving at the same time. For example, a squat. You're bending your ankle, your knee, your hips, and you're, you know, using, I mean, 
every muscle group in the leg. I mean, and some. And, yeah, right. Back, core. Yeah, we won't get too specific with it, but yes, let's just say you're you're working your whole lower half. Um, so four compound movements. Let's say we got a squat, a deadlift, a lunge, and a leg press. A leg press, sure. So those are your four compound movements, and then your two accessory movements, which are going to be usually these are single jointed movements. These are a lot smaller movements that really isolate and concentrate on a certain muscle group um muscle group not to be confused with saying like legs as a muscle group no mm. we're gonna get more focused we're gonna say quadriceps there's four muscles on the front of the thigh so let's call that those are the quads for short so let's say there's an accessory movement that solely works the quads uh, you can do a leg extension oh yeah yeah and then contrary to that one you've got the opposed Ham yeah hamstring curl a hamstring curl or a leg curl that focuses on the back of the thigh, the hamstring. So we got those four compounds and those two accessories. To keep this very simple, everything you're doing is going to be three sets of 10, just to start off with, three sets of 10. <clears throat> and so for your push day and then your pull day, they're going to be done the exact same way. Um, let's just say three compound exercises for your push day so let's say that's a bench press an overhead press a chest press and then the dumbbells it, or something yeah you can do a variation of another chest press or let's just say incline so regular bench press overhead press incline bench press those are your three compounds and then you got let's just say a triceps extension okay and then some sort of shoulder raise okay you know all right and then also, all done, three sets of 10. And now for your pull day, you got three compounds. So let's say you have your lat pull downs. Yeah. You have a seated row. And then you like got a face pull. A face pull. And then for your two accessories, I might call that an accessory, but um, just because you use a little bit smaller muscle groups. But Let's say your accessories are... Reverse fly? Is that one? Oh, no, 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 no. No, no that's a little closer. <laughs> let's say bicep curl and then a variation of that. Let's say a preacher curl. Still working your biceps, still relevant to the day. Um, just a smaller movement, very accessory movement that uh, supports the overall idea of your pool day. So everything we're doing is three sets of 10 and... Just to keep it real simple. So now Michelle's going to go over ways to progress that because if that was your, you know, week one, <clears throat> week two, should you just do the exact same routine? I mean, I mean, you could, but technically, I mean, we're trying to work smarter, <laughs> not harder in the gym. Okay. Wait, is that right? Yeah. Work smarter, not harder. <laughs> Yeah, I'm trying to do both. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm just yes, saying. Yes, yes, you want to be, you want to be very efficient. You don't want to be in there. It has to be you know, productive. Yeah, okay, you don't like, want to spend two and a half hours if, if a lot of it's just fluff. Um, if that's what you want to do and you like being in the gym that long, hey, more power to you. But for those of us that you know got shit to do throughout our day, like you know, might not want to spend all that time. Yeah, it depends on what you're working towards. But just to keep it easy. Um, Let's think of this Lex push pull template, everything done at three sets of 10. And then 
let's see how we can start to progress from there. Like what would week two, what would we start doing then? Yeah. So I just want to highlight the big progression variables that we are going to discuss in the context of the sample workout that we provided. So the first one is volume, which we touched on it in our previous episodes and at kind of at the beginning is volume is our sets and reps. So that would be the three sets of 10 that we were talking about in the sample workout that we just provided. And then we can also change the intensity and intensity is the weight that you're moving. So with every exercise that you're doing, whether it's your squat, your bench, your deadlift, or any machines, even like whatever that weight is, whatever number of pounds you're pushing, pulling, squatting, that is intensity. I do want to make a quick note uh, for anyone, uh, maybe an, a college athlete or maybe you are following someone's program intensity also you'll you'll see it as a percent so maybe you'll mm. have your bench press three sets of 10 at 65 percent yes um that's not the way we're going to refer to it here though um so just for anybody that may be listening that has heard intensity referred to as a percent you're correct here we're going to be just referring to it straight up as the weight that you either put on the machine or the bar or whatever you're using. I feel like every episode we always come up with something new to talk about. So Fabian was referring to intensity as percentages, and that is actually there's a whole other topic regarding that on how that number ends up being a percent. But for the purposes of this episode, we're just talking about the weight and mm -hmm. in regards to intensity. And then we have volume intensity. And then the last progression variable that we have to discuss is exercise selection. So that could mean simple versus complex. For example, chest press versus like a bench, a barbell bench press. I mean, well, like chest press machine. No, yes, chest press machine. Specific. Yes. Um, and then you would progress that to. Right. So exercise selection, definitely we have a simple version and a come the more complex it is, um, you can alter those as a way to progress your training. So that being said, I, I'm going to be totally honest. I feel like Fabian is way more well-versed in these progression variables. So I'm just going <laughs> to tag, tag him in. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So yes, yeah, so we have volume, intensity, exercise selection. Exercise selection can vary between you know uh, as michelle said complex so something that's a little easier to execute that doesn't require much um i guess supporting muscles mm -hmm. uh and so the way i'll i'll explain that is a chest press machine the machine will only move in one pattern you can adjust maybe the height of the seat and yeah. maybe a couple other or things like the position that... of your like your i don't know how, yeah, how the height, the yeah, height the, of the seat. The height of the seat, maybe <laughs> the angle at which you're pushing that tiny bit where your hands go. but yeah. Or even the, like handles. Yeah. Like yeah. hand position. Anyway. And so like for the most part, that's going to be a very easy movement to execute. The machine mm -hmm. already moves in this one path that it has. Um, therefore, you're not forced to use a lot of these stabilizing muscles that are in your shoulder, or maybe your core is not really being used as much because you're sitting in this fixed position. Um, then you can think about a more complex version of that same exercise that works the same muscles. You can think of a bench press. Now you are holding onto a free weight that has any range to go. You know, if you want to push it up and you want it to land on your head, 
Well, I mean, yeah. I can do that. Yeah. <laughs> um, point is that it's not moving in this fixed path that is preset for you. So you got a lot of other muscles that you really need to be working um, together in order to execute this exercise properly. Yeah. Um, there's just so much more variability for the exercise to go wrong. Yeah, essentially go wrong. Um, and it's just that much more complex to execute uh, for someone that might be like a very novice, brand new lifter. Um, and then you can also change the fact that, that you're using maybe two hands versus one. So you have a bilateral movement, meaning both limbs are moving together to execute the same exercise. So let's think of a squat. Both mm -hmm. legs have to work together mm -hmm. um, or a leg press. Let's make it even more like simple. A leg press is a bilateral movement. And then something that requires a little bit more motor control, more stabilizing muscles to keep you in correct form. We can think about lunges. Yeah. That's a unilateral movement. Yeah. Um, so, you know, more or less. Though. Yeah. Um, so it just the level of difficulty increases when you're using one limb or maybe majority one limb or just two limbs so that's another way that you can think about that uh, exercise selection variable i want to actually kind of yeah tag team off of uh, what Fabian was talking about between the bilateral <laughs> the bilateral versus unilateral movements so i today i squatted 190 pounds hey. with two legs Imagine me doing that with one leg. That'd be pretty crazy. So that's well, just, <laughs> I mean, yeah. <laughs> so that's kind of, <laughs> that's just kind of, I just want to like kind of give the picture of bilateral versus unilateral because some people can get it mixed up when it comes to like alternate, like lunges, like that's one leg at the same time, but two, both legs are technically working. Yeah, that might so, have not been the best. Yeah. Well, think of a pistol squat then. So if Michelle is pistol squatting with 190, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, a squat, a regular squat, and then a pistol squat, that is very, very much so single mm -hmm. limb. Yeah. Um, the level of difficulty on that just skyrockets, not only because you need that strength for, you know, you're all your body weight on one leg, but you, there's, there's, I mean, a pistol squat is, you need crazy amounts yeah, of mobility. You exactly. need a lot of core control. I mean, there's so much more to it. Yeah. But yeah. Um, I, I just think that concept gets really uh, fuzzy when you think about it, like lunges, like alternating movements, because they're both still working. But mm -hmm. anyway, back to what Fabian was talking about. So now when you're actually going to progress, so let's say we're going to go into that week two and we're going to hit that same leg day that we had those four compound movements and those two accessory or, you know, yeah, accessory movements. So there's a number of things you can change. So let's look at volume. So our priority right now is to build a really big base on that pyramid. We want to make sure that we're getting lots of volume. The only way I'm going to get more effective or efficient with my squats or you know whatever exercise I choose is by doing more of them. Mm -hmm. So and traditionally, the hot well, it's just the fact. I mean, more volume you do, less weight or less mm -hmm. intensity you can mm -hmm. handle. It's an inverse relationship. Think of it this way: if my one rep max for a squat is two hundred pounds, I should be able to lift. You know, it wouldn't make sense for me to be able to do more volume at the same time that I'm lifting 200 pounds or mm -hmm. more. 
my one rep max is 200. Mm -hmm. So it only makes sense that I can do less, uh, or sorry, more reps with less weight. Mm -hmm. So maybe I can do a set of 10 at 135 pounds. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. Right. So on this second leg day, I've got squats, deadlifts, leg press, and lunges, I think is what I said. Mm -hmm. So instead of doing three sets of 10, um, this time I'm going to come up just a little bit, maybe, and it doesn't have to be every exercise. Let me make, let me make a note of that. You can pick two exercises just to start off slow. Instead of three sets of 10, do three sets of 12. Mm -hmm. Keep the weight the same mm -hmm. uh, for now. Keep the weight the same. Just do three sets of 12. And as you go through the weeks, maybe all your exercises now are three sets of 12. Mm -hmm. And think of it as a staircase. You're on that first step the first week. The second week, that second step increase indicates there's some sort of progression to your uh, training. It doesn't mean that everything goes up. It doesn't have to mean that you're going now three sets of 10, or I'm sorry, three sets of 12 on everything, and you increase the weight by 10 pounds on everything. Mm -hmm. You have to be conscious that the body is going to start to accumulate this fatigue, and it's sometimes less is more. You mm -hmm. don't want to just increase everything because you can. Um, take baby steps, start increasing certain aspects of your training start a little bit with the volume for our sake here because we're really working on that hypertrophy i wouldn't go past four sets of 12 anything more than that to be honest would just be a little bit overkill four sets of 12 on those compound exercises and accessory movements after you get to that point and you feel good start increasing a little bit of that weight mm -hmm. start increasing five pounds 10 pounds most mm -hmm. on a weekly basis for these exercises. Start to monitor how that feels. If it feels like too much, tone it down. And like I said before, you don't have to add five, 10 pounds on every single exercise. Um, maybe in the beginning, you'll start making these really good gains, really quick uh, adaptations to your training. But as you go deeper into it, you're going to realize that you're not going to be, it's not going to be sustainable to add 10 pounds every week. If that was the case, I mean, 50, you know, let's just keep 52 weeks, 10 pounds. I mean, I'm not increasing 500 pounds on a, like on a lift. Like no. there's, there's a, there's a certain point, which is going to stop, stop doing that. <laughs> yeah. So just take it slow, increase a little bit of volume, increase a little bit of, uh, weight. Try not to do them both together. Yes. Pick one, increase that variable. And then after like four weeks of your training, do that deload week, that week where, you know, cut all your volume in half or that might be a little aggressive, cut it by like 30%. And then on your fifth week, resume back where you either left off or just under that and keep on progressing. Only choose one of those variables though. Yeah. Either volume or intensity. Yes. So for me, I was today, I was doing like three sets of 10 of like 200 pounds on the leg press. If I increased to four sets of 12 at 200 pounds next week, my body is going to be completely shut down. Like I will not feel good. And I know that much because 200 pounds today was a lot. So yeah. either bring up like four sets of 10 or you can bring up three sets of 12. Like 
to sum it up, don't do both at the same time because then you're just kind of taxing your body unnecessarily. You may increase your risk for overtraining and injury and blah, 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 all the good stuff. So along with what Michelle said, so she said that that three sets of 10 at 200 for her leg press felt really hard. So now here's where you got to ask yourself, do I increase? Is it safe to increase? Yeah. Um, if you feel like you are not performing at the, at the same level at which you did prior, that's a good indication that you're under recovered. We touched on that last time. Now would be a good time to deload. Mm -hmm. Now, what RPE did you reach? Okay. I really exaggerated. It was like an RPE of six or seven. So, Six or seven. Okay, yeah. so it wasn't as hard as she made it seem, guys. <laughs> but I mean, it was still hard enough. I was actually, I felt like I was working. Okay. And by so, the time I was done with the third set, I was like, okay, this is a lot. <laughs> okay, so your RPE was seven. Now, RPE stands for rating of perceived exertion. It's kind of just sounds nicer than just saying how hard did that feel. Yeah. It's basically your own subjective measure of how hard you think you just worked. Yeah. The scale that we're going to use is one through 10. One is I am laying down watching, not like watching TV, doing nothing. This takes no effort. It's the easiest thing in the mm -hmm. world. I can do it forever. 10 is holy shit. I cannot do a single more repetition, even if my life depended on it. While keeping in mind a couple things. Um, you don't, so you've reached a 10 out of 10 when you can no longer execute an exercise because your muscles can not physically get you to move that weight anymore mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and, or you fail it if you fail to keep your form. Mm. So this is, if you're bench pressing and you're benching and you get to your last rep and you're squirming there and you're you're lifting your butt off the if your bench. ass is coming off the bench you're flailing with your legs you're doing a whole bunch of weird shit like you've like no that doesn't count as a rep i'm gonna say you reached your 10 out of 10 yeah. i'm not even counting that rep that's dangerous don't do that so 10 out of 10 the criteria to meet you know let's call it failure mm -hmm. is either your muscles give out and you can't physically complete the rep or you, regardless if you complete the rep, if your form goes to shit. Mm -hmm. So just yeah. to give you an idea, and this is like, I couldn't do a single one more. Yeah. So Michelle said that she reached her RPE today. Let's just say it was at seven. So that means, you know, it was pretty hard. And if she tried her absolute hardest, she could have gotten three more extra reps. Yeah. Cool. That's fine. That means that there's some room to add some more, um, Wait, more intensity. Yeah, she can add more intensity. So more than likely what I'm going to do for her program is give her some more weight. I'll probably just keep her at the same volume because I want to focus right now on just increasing that yeah. weight. So next time I expect her RPE to be slightly above that, maybe mm -hmm. se seven or eight. Um, and that's how I'm going to go about her progression. And you can do yours like that too. monitor how hard that exercise was for yourself to give you something to go off of for the next session. Not all training programs are this way. A lot of them are percentage based, which is what I mentioned earlier. Um, now, this one is going to always vary. This is based off of your last session based off of how hard you felt you worked. Mm -hmm. 
Now, yeah, so ask yourself yeah. at the end of your session, how at the hard, end of every set. At the end of every set, how heavy was that for me? And how how do you know when to progress? So you gotta make sure you kind of have to find the sweet spot, honestly, of when to increase either your volume or your intensity. Yeah. Um, and that and I think RPE is a good way for you to kind of figure that out is like making sure that you're working hard enough but also not to the point of where you're going to hurt yourself and aim for that 10 out of 10 on the rpe scale yeah and there's no reason you should every set reach 10 out of 10 or even like 9 out of 10 you don't it's it's okay we want to work out moderately hard consistently mm-hmm. instead of you know balls to the wall every single set so i recommend between seven and eight RPE is what you want to keep on striving for. And just keep it around there. Occasionally you hit some nines. That's totally fine. Just keep progressing throughout the weeks, staying around that range. If you start feeling that you're getting way too high in that RPE, but it's weight that you've lifted before, it's a good time to take that deload. Now, another question that we would talk about is how long should you maintain this training program? So set going back to the sample workout that we provided, legs push pull. How long should you be doing legs push pull three sets of 10? Um, if you want to know the real answer, it depends. Our favorite answer. True. And you can do it for four weeks take a week off and then change up the exercises the next four weeks. Um, and Fabian alluded to taking a deload even, um, or you can change it each week, but you just make sure that you're still hitting the same exercises. So like the four, three, four compounds and the one to two accessory movements. So that's how long and in, in, it depends, but those are in, some tips. Do it, in, do it in four week blocks. Yeah. Um, see if you can do eight weeks after two months, assess what sort of changes have happened. Eight to 12 weeks is what I'd say, like stick with your hypertrophy program. And then after that, if you want to transition into strength, now you've built a really good foundation of, I know how to move that barbell when I'm benching. Now I've done hundreds of repetitions at this point. I am very good at moving this. Now it's safer to start going the opposite way. Start lowering that volume and increasing intensity, and then you start working that strength. Mm -hmm. That's a little different of a conversation, but um, that's the overall gist of that. But um, don't quit out on your program after a month. You know, try for two to three months, eight to 12 weeks, see how that goes, and then assess where you want to go. You can still keep on building and keep doing hypertrophy, like if you want forever. Sure. Mm -hmm. That's what bodybuilders do. Yeah. And also, I should note that strength and hypertrophy are not working independent of each other. Like you're still building strength, even though your priority is hypertrophy. Um, But you can transition to a strength-based program once you built up the skills and you built up the volume, you built up the muscle size after what, like two months of training hypertrophy. Um, Your central nervous system, meaning your brain, your spinal cord, all your nerves, all your muscles, have to be conditioned to safely progress to higher level programs. Um, Oh yeah, go ahead. Yeah, um, so I think we touched on a lot of it. I actually wanted to wrap up with um, exercise selection. Mm -hmm. Um, 
for the most part for training, a lot of people have this idea that it's this like, oh my God, I'm learning a hundred new exercises every week. No, no, no. In order to progress on something, you have to stick to it. Yeah. I shouldn't be learning a squat and then a curtsy lunge and then a weighted, you know, split lunge, uh, split squat. Like, sure, I can do those. <laughs> but if my goal is to progress weight on a certain movement, I need to keep on doing that movement. Yes. Don't reinvent the wheel. Stick with the basics of these exercises. Um, you know, namely those compounds that I mentioned in that sample legs push pull. Keep on with those uh, for that, you know, eight to 12 weeks. Continue on. And then if you want to occasionally add another exercise in there for the sake of changing something up, totally fine. But to be realistic, training is just a cycle of the same things that you mm-hmm. like learned and you keep on getting good, better and better and better at them. Yeah. Ask yourself, what exercise do you want to work on? What do you want to be able to do? What do you want to progress? So for me, when I first started lifting, I wanted to learn how to deadlift. And so I worked towards that and I feel pretty comfortable with that movement. And I learned those skills in order to get there. So it has to be very specific to to what you want, what your goals are. Um, And kind of what Fabian was saying, don't get fancy with the exercises and you will definitely progress with the kind of what we did, what we talked about today. Yeah. And if you're doing, if you want to become better at barbell squatting, um, you know, this is where it kind of, it's a hard pill to swallow. You might not be at the point in which you should just get yourself under a barbell and squat. Mm-hmm. Um requires a lot of mobility requires a lot of instruction you know you you got to really be ready to do that before you think you're just gonna go under there and potentially get hurt or something start off with something like a leg press get comfortable at the idea of pushing something with your legs straightening out your knees and once you get comfortable with that kind of movement switch over to something like a goblet squat where you hold a weight you know close to your chest and now you're doing this squat um this is just a sample progression and then maybe after a couple weeks hey now i've really got the hang of it i'm much much more comfortable with performing this weighted squat with weight in front of me um hopefully you took advantage of that complimentary session (laughs) trainer taught you how to get under a barbell comfortably and do your back squat now is a good time to start implementing that uh use of you know what you gained prior that leg press that goblet squat those prepared you to understand the movement better so now you're going to do that back squat and then keep going with that back squat and never change that back squat that's the goal that you're looking for you want to get better at that keep on doing it over and over and over but that's just a sample progression specific to the uh the back squat yeah start off basic then you get more complex as you get comfortable with it yeah i hate to break it to you guys but the curtsy lunge plus a high knee on a 24 inch box is not going to get you to better your squat just like you know yeah instagram does a real good job at (laughs) it's not them it's a lot of influencers do a real good job at showing you like oh freshen up your routine with you know and they'll show you some obscure movement and while there is a place for those 
for serious training, in my opinion, it's really just about repeating a lot of the same fundamental movements, getting very good and strong and efficient with them. Yeah. Um, so it's not about changing your thing every single time you walk into the gym. Otherwise, you're performing lots and lots of, you know, workouts, but it's different from training. Right. There's no progressive method to that. Yeah. And make sure that you're working those muscle groups because even though you're doing a leg press, it's not necessarily a squat. You're still building the muscle size to better your squat. So just to kind of keep it simple on that, I think. Yeah. So I think that wraps up uh, this episode. Just some recap here. Things you can change on a weekly basis. You can change your intensity, your volume, and that exercise selection. Start off broad. Make sure you do lots of repetitions. And as you progress through the weeks and months, start narrowing down and um, focusing on the exercises that you want to learn. Become more complex with the movements. Move from that simple to complex. So leg press all the way progression up to a barbell back squat. And... You know, just keep recycling that staircase of progression. Also, those people that reaching 10 out of 10 on the RPE scale, I see you guys. <laughs> I see you, yeah. Not every set needs to be until death. Yeah, I mean, you can progress. It doesn't always have to be that way. You can progress without getting to 10 out of 10 on the RPE scale, just letting you know. <laughs> All right, well, I think that's it. I don't have anything else to say or add. No, uh, I'm off my soapbox. I'm off. <laughs> All right. Well, if you guys have any questions, we're trying to figure out how to drop questions in our podcast. But um, yeah, we're thinking of. Uh, so Michelle's gonna plug the Instagram because she's really good at that. Yeah, I, I follow at Couple of Kinesiologists on Instagram. So feel free to DM us. I think I'm gonna probably post. Yeah. Something to where you can comment on the photo and ask your questions there until we figure out how to plug questions into the podcast. But anyway, yeah, so till then, for myself. <laughs> so till then, just uh, hang on to your questions, follow the page, and we'll definitely post on there soon and, you know, address any direct questions. Yeah. And we always appreciate your feedback. So thanks, guys. Cool, cool. What was the uh, ad again? Instagram? Oh, at couple of kinesiologists on Instagram. Wait. What was it? Oh again? my gosh. <laughs> I just <laughs> just took me a second to figure that out. Okay, well we'll talk to you in the next one guys. <laughs> All right, peace guys.